0: I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Art 5, part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, Season 4, Episode 8. In this episode, I'm joined by another Kim, Kim Strobel, and we talk about the science of happiness the top five happiness habits and tech tools to help you keep those habits in the front of your mind. Let's give it a go.
1: Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's
0: give it a go. Hey, hey, Kim. Hey, what, Jen? What do you call a fake noodle? I don't know. What
2: do you call a fake noodle? An impasta.
0: All right, everyone. Hello and welcome. Now you heard me say Kim at the beginning of this, but maybe thought like, "Hey, that—that's not Shook's voice. Who is this impasta with us today?" See, I picked the joke appropriately. I think I am really pleased to often Kim, or to often to offer and welcome Kim Strobel to everyone here today. Uh, If you have not heard of Kim, then you obviously were not watching the Ditch Summit in 2017 that I talked about way back when, Um, and other means. I see Kim um, pop up all the time on my social. Media. Kim is an education consultant. She is a happiness coach. She's a Boston marathon finisher, which that in itself blows my mind. Um, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, which when I pair that like Boston marathoner and grandmother together is like, You know, no, it can't. And I hate that, Kim. I hate it when people say like, oh, you look good for a grandma, are you? You look good for a kid of three. I'm like, I just look good, darn it. I just look good. But it's amazing to me. And she's also an animal rescuer, which I love, who lives in Indiana. Uh, She's dedicated her professional life to supporting educators and professionals gain happiness in their work and personal lives. She has a company called Strobel Education, and she helps educators and corporate professionals replace the feelings of stress, defeat, discouragement, with energy, empowerment, and enjoyment for professional and for personal life. I love this, I'm so happy. I I saw Kim for the first time at Ditch Summit years ago. I sketched it and she did bring happiness to my life. I started following her. Uh, she reached out about the podcast when I put an all call out to like, hey, if anyone wanted to be a guest and and here she is, I'm so excited, especially because, and we talked about this before, we're coming up on this week, the one year since we started lockdown, right? And a lot of us, our lives have totally changed. And I think if we could pepper a bit of happiness into our lives, let's do it. So who better than the happiness coach extraordinaire, Kim, welcome to the show. What did I miss? Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I'm so happy to have you here.
2: Thank you. That's, that's a great introduction. And I do always have to kind of clarify because when I talk about being a grandmother on the stage, I really am just 47 years old, but I have three older stepchildren. And so I always have to clarify
1: like, no, I didn't become a mom when I was 12 years old. (laughs) I would just, I would just own it and be like, you know what? Look at me. I look awesome. You could look awesome. Let's do this.
2: Yeah, well, I am a runner and, um, and honestly, like I'll, I'll back end my happiness coaching story because I sometimes think it's really easy to think like, what do you mean? She's a happiness coach. Is she just butterflies and sunshine and sprinkles You're not? all of the time? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, but running saves me. I run about 40 miles a week because I'm mentally very high strung. Um, And I take on stress very easily. And so yeah, I'm a big runner, big dog lover. We've rescued 122
0: dogs, hopefully not still living in your house or anything.
2: No, we have three three permanent ones right now that are like permanent family members. So um, we find them homes, which is uh, just I don't know, I just have a soft heart for animals and trying to find them good homes. And I can't stand to see them abandoned. And so I just think like, you know, um someday when I get to the gates of heaven and God wants to review my transgressions I'm just going to look right at him and be like hey but what about all those dogs that I
0: saved? <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so fun. So so when you and I started talking originally I was like yeah this would be really good and I started thinking like how can we look at this from the lens like the podcast is that you know it's these tech uh, tools we have an aha we give it a go. And I thought you know what I bet you there's a lot of ahas we can have. With tech and just with our personal life right now, because really, how do we separate our lives from technology with the world we're living in with so many of us online, either teaching fully online or in a hybrid model, or like I know in my district, we're hybrid and I, I see students for two and a half hours every morning, but... It's different cohorts but if I make photocopies they have to sit for 72 hours before the students can touch the paper right so we're still you know okay bring your devices we're, we're I'm lucky that I teach in an affluent area we're a one-to-one school we have enough devices for everyone so we're still doing that technology but how do we sort of do that unplugging like we talk a lot you know for my own children with like screen time and bad and mm. and how do we find balance and how do we continue to find happiness given what we're faced with right now and the gloom and doom is like I, I try to watch the news maybe once a week because i just find it affects me. So what it are you, what are your thoughts there? Well, i was just having this conversation
2: this morning when i was on a run with one of my friends and we were talking about all the technology that we're bo- being bombarded with and how we're just even more out of balance than ever before and she's a she's a school teacher as well and you know, i heard this term from someone uh, a couple of months ago and he was a superintendent and he said, you know, it's january and my teachers are already June tired. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I personally feel like the teaching profession was extremely hard before COVID. Like it just was. And I'm somebody, Jen. I just I, I call an ace an ace. And while we go into this profession, because we have hearts that are full for really being able to impact and influence kids. You know, I, I mean, let's be honest, nobody goes into this profession because you're going to work the hours of eight to three. Um, you're going to get the summers off.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, eight to three summers <laughs> off. I love those. I, I, that's you're, my favorite. Like,
2: literally when I went into the teaching profession, I, I'm not going to lie. Like my friend was like, it's wonderful. My mom was a teacher. Like she was home by three fifteen every day. She got the summers off. She made good money. Cause you know, like back then 40 years ago, I mean, teachers were kind of considered like the, that was kind of an elite profession and they did make pretty decent money for what, you know, everything. And so anyways, we don't go into it anymore for that, but here's the bottom line. This is a really hard profession and somehow it has become even harder. Amen. Yeah, it it really,
0: it really has.
2: So I, I want to back up because I, I think that um, there's this term that I really like called toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really feel like, especially like before I get introduced as a happiness coach I get kind of nervous because it's like and she's a happiness coach let's welcome <laughs> to the stage and I'm like oh my god there's like gonna be like 75% are gonna be like you know like screw this girl yeah
0: <laughs> you know? yeah totally like they, they anticipate that you're gonna come out and have like you know those air-filled guys that like fly around <laughs> yeah. like that you're yeah. followed by 14 of those at all times yeah
2: Yeah, but I feel like um, it's important if I go there and tell people a little bit, even why I became a happiness coach, because there's a little bit of a backstory there. Um, I tell people that um, I'm really a happiness coach because it was born, like I'm a former fourth grade school teacher turned curriculum director, who then like launched her own education consulting business and became a nationally recognized motivational speaker within two years. And so um, it's because I think i just really stepped into my calling, which was, to really be supportive to teachers, and for me, that that happiness coaching was really born out of my own adversity and challenges. And so I could talk for like twenty minutes on this topic, and I'm not going to. But the bottom line is, I have suffered from a debilitating um, mental and emotional anxiety disorder called panic disorder. And so um, I was always like an anxious little girl. But when I got in high school, I started having these terrible episodes were out of nowhere, my my whole body would shake, I would feel really hot, I would think I was going to pass out, lose consciousness, the walls would be like coming in and out, I had tunnel vision, I didn't know who I was, where I was, like, it was the scariest feeling ever. And so I started having like multiple episodes from age 16 until age 24. And they just got worse and worse and worse. And so I'm literally the girl who likes the young adult who struggled to leave her house walk to her mailbox, get in her car, drive five minutes to work, you know, going in Walmart was just like, crazy, I, I could, couldn't do it, you know. Um, so I struggled with um, this condition, and it got misdiagnosed. And we didn't talk about anxiety disorder. So I hid it from everybody. I felt very ashamed. I felt very weak. I felt like, why can't I just get control of my life? Like, you know, I'm 23 years old, and I literally can't drive myself to Walmart and walk in the door because I might have one of these attacks and I don't know what's wrong with me and I might be crazy. And so there's just like whole backstory where I got to this really low point, Jen. Um, and I, 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 I did, I just say it. I pleaded with God to take my life. I I just could not, um, like every 10 minutes of every day felt like a struggle for me.
0: Wow.
2: And, um, So long story short, I think it was divine intervention, but I just had like this bathroom rug moment where I curled up in the fetal position and asked God to relieve me from this. And I, I don't know if it was like a message I heard or just like an inner intuition, but like something told me that like Kim, you know, you're, you're made for more. And so like I got up off that bath mat and I did uh, several things over the next several years to work on my mental and emotional health. I went to a doctor who finally diagnosed me with panic disorder and he put me on an antidepressant, which I think uh, saved my life. Um, I went to counseling. I got cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, And it was about that time that I also the self-help world was kind of lighting up and I was on fire with it. And so for the last 25 years, I have just been completely um, just have been on fire with learning how we can take 100 percent responsibility for our life, regardless of all the outside crap that's happening And so, you know, Jen, I still sometimes struggle. You know, I always say, like, I'm the girl who hops on an airplane and flies across to another country or another state and hops on a stage with thousands of people but I'm also the woman who still sometimes has struggles in her life. And I think that we have to acknowledge that we can't do this like toxic positivity thing where we just tell people like, Hey, just, just honey, now just focus on what's positive in your life Mm -hmm. or, you know, don't be, don't be sad. Don't be depressed. Don't be frustrated. Like just, we need to have. That does not work. Yeah. We have to be allowed to feel all the heavy feelings that come with this profession right now. Um, and, and we have to have a tool set that gets us out of the gutter quicker. And I do have that. Um, I tell people I wake up excited every day to live my life. I really do.
1: That's awesome. But I also
2: go in the gutter and I cry and I do all of those things. But then I have a set of skills that get me out of it quicker.
0: That's really great. I love that. I, I I really love that, and I, I I really identify with it. I have I I, I think I shared on the show before. My husband suffers from depression, so I know what those lows look like. I myself had 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 minor pi- panic attacks throughout my life at different points, but had my first full fledged one literally two minutes before I was about to walk out on stage to a group of about four or five hundred people to deliver um, uh, an ignite talk, which is sort of like mini TED talks, right? And I I I was prepared. It was out of nowhere, I'm confident, I'm extremely extroverted, like I love being surrounded by people, I love the energy of the crowd, it's never been a thing, and all of a sudden I'm standing there, and my whole body, the, all I could say was, it felt like someone took an ice cream scoop and hollowed out my insides. I started to get a trembling, like shaking, and I got really cold, and I was like, what is going on? And all of a sudden I realized, it was sort of that out of body experience, that moment, that, that clandestine intervention, as you said, that I was like, okay, Let's take some deep breaths we know how to handle this we're okay let's center ourselves again in, in what we know is the truth instead of living in that like and I think the idea of perfectionism was rooted when I really looked back on it like oh am I going to do well enough on this stage followed by all these other people and the people in the crowd and, and I think we all have that that's real um, And yeah. but I do also think it can't. We need to we need to embrace those moments. We need to realize that okay, this is a low moment because I don't think we realize our highs without those lows. Because if we're constantly high, how like we need that comparison? That's what life is really about, right?
2: It it is. And I feel like you know, for a while there, I was like, so is this the story I'm supposed to tell on stage? Because it's not like everybody in the crowd has panic attacks. Yeah. But here's what we know, Jen: everybody in the crowd has had some kind of struggle in their life. They've had some kind of atrocity, challenge, adversity. Even now, there are people who are listening who feel like they're barely surviving every day. Their chest feels heavy. They feel irritable. They feel frustrated. They feel like they're doing everything and nothing's good enough. And so I think my goal is for us to kind of really bring mental and emotional health for teachers to the forefront and quit ignoring this. Quit talking about it and let's actually do something to help them feel supported and valued and seen, and and understand that this is a very hard thing that we're in, but also see that there are ways that we can pivot and reestablish
0: ourselves in our profession and in our personal lives. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's a really nice segue then to like let's start some shares. What is it you had? And I don't mean to um, to to simplify the moment where you say you had your bathroom rug moment, but you had like we are tagline on the podcast and aha. And you gave it a go. You're like, your aha was, I need to get better and I need to focus on what's going to make me better. And you said, and this is how I'm going to do it. And you laid out a plan, which included recognizing the low points and the high points and, and speaking your truth and in doing that, empowering other people to speak and live their truth. So what can we do now? What would you offer the listeners? What are some tech tools? What are some strategies? What are some tips for those listening, driving the car? And I'm sure there's a lot of heads bobbing like, yep. <sighs> Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. And we do that like, okay, that's great. Yeah, we need to do that. But how do I do it? What's your how? How yes. can people do things? I have, I've, I've brought together a few things, but I'm going to let you start us off. Well, I love this topic
2: because I, I'm going to, I want to give you a little bit of the happiness research before I give you a couple of tools, if that's okay. Because yeah, totally. I really want your audience to understand that. But the reason that we, like I get called now to actually do this work in schools is because the research is so strong that if, when we can put well being to the forefront, it changes every single business education and organizational outcome. But what we normally do is we put well-being on the back burner. We say like, well, I need to finish grading these papers, I need to get my lesson plans ready, I need to throw the laundry, and I, I, don't, I don't have time to put my well-being at the forefront. Mm-hmm. So what we go in and do is we know that if we can bring happiness and wellness to the forefront of schools with teachers, that they, um, their brains, and I'm going to give you this stat, you're going to want to write it down, a positive brain is 31
0: percent
2: more productive than a brain at negative, neutral, or stressed.
0: You know what? It's funny. I, I you probably heard Kim pause there. It's because I was like I was putting my fingers up to say it because I'm looking back at the sketch note I did for the Ditch Summit, and that that's front and center. And I, I'll put the sketch note into the show notes. But it's front and center. A happy, like I said, brain is happy, leads to 31% more effective. And I, and that really resonated. it's why it's a huge part of that sketch. Show. I love numbers. Yeah, it is. But that's a huge number. 31%. That's not like 3%. That's, that's like the third. Yeah. So when I'm working with
2: like leaders and I'm like, do you want your employees to be more productive? Do you want them to be more engaged in their job? Do you want them to be more motivated? Well, then let me ask you, is their brain mostly negative, neutral or stressed throughout the day? Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, then then if we wanna get them there, we have to give them some tools because we know we we can get their brains at positive versus negative, neutral, or stress. They're 31% more productive. They're 10 times more engaged in their job they're three mm. times more creative, which means they can come up with solutions to problems that their brain previously could not see before. This is why we are starting to do this work in schools and in corporations, because this is not just a fluffy woo woo like, it is time to bring our happiness and well beings to the forefront, because we are so lost in the
0: fray right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the other things I love that you said in that ditch summit is we, we have to stop cutting with a dull saw right we we have to that 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 line took I was like yes that's what we're doing like we're trying to cut but we just need to sharpen that saw so I love those statistics I I think that will give pause to a lot of people about what it is that why it is so important that we do focus on it because like you said we do we put it to the oh I won't do that now because I won't do that now because like I know I've had a goal on the I I set a a new year's resolution which was only a two-week resolution that's all I wanted was 2 weeks to make sure I take care of myself because I have an Apple Watch and for those of you with an Apple Watch you know we have those rings. And I noticed that my exercise ring was not closing since I'd gone back to school because I wasn't making time. And I'm like surely to goodness I can find 30 minutes in my day to exercise and so- like go for a walk for crying out loud. I was doing it well before. Why can't I get that done? And so for 2 weeks I said, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make sure I start walking. I'm going to make sure that I close that ring. And I did it the first two weeks. I thought, oh, that was pretty easy. Let's continue. And then at the end of the month, I realized I was literally five calories short from closing all my rings. Five calories, Kim. Five calories. For the love, Apple Watch. Um, So then in February, what did I do? I closed all those rings because I had to get that badge. So there was that, but I started to notice as time went on, I wasn't doing it right after work. Like I was like, Oh no, I should really help the kids with their homework. And then I was stressed helping them. Oh, I should really start making dinner now. And then I was irritated and not, you know, I was grumpy at dinner time. And so it was going into like nine o'clock at night. And then I'm like, Oh, I feel better. I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier in the day and feel better earlier? We do put ourselves on the back burner. So now that we know these stats, now that we know we don't put ourselves first, what should we be doing? What can we do? Okay.
2: So, so the happiness research says that we all have what's called a set baseline happiness level right? So like yours might be here. And maybe Jen, my baseline is a little bit higher. So what this means is that you and I go shopping for the day and we get a new pair of shoes or we buy fun. a new house or we get a new car whatever it is we like, right? All in the same in day. Ha- what a great day. But <laughs> yeah. our happiness level, like good things happen in our life, new job, new partner, we get married, whatever it is. And like we get this little boost in happiness. Yeah. But what happens is after a very short period of time, our happiness level always returns back to baseline. So none of those things last like you get the new home and you're like really happy. And then six months later, um, you've adjusted to the new home and it's no longer giving you the dopamine hit that you need. Okay. Right. So there's nothing wrong with getting a new home and a new job. Those are all really important things. If if we have those goals and those aspirations, it's just that we can't count on that to bring us long-term happiness. Now it gets really interesting because the same is true for when we endure really hard things. So we actually know that a person can endure loss, severe trauma. Adversity, illness, bad things in their life and their happiness level will drop for a period of time but the brain research is super strong that for most of us, our happiness levels will go back to default, Hmm. they will return. Okay. So now people are like, okay, but Kim, what, where does this baseline happiness level come from? How do I find out what my default is? Um, And I actually in the chat box, Jen, I actually put a link in there. It's called the authentic happiness inventory. And it's by Martin Seligman. And you can drop it in the show notes. It's called the perma. P-E-R-M-A, the PERMA. And that's just going to give you like a little little evaluation of like what areas are you really strong in right now in your life when it comes to happiness and maybe what areas do you need to work on? So that's just going to be like, you know, how we love doing these little assessments. So I think it's good if your listeners can have something like that. Absolutely. I'm I'm actually going to
0: take this after we record. And I'm going to make my husband take it as well. Yes,
2: yes. And then you talk about it, you know, and and this is what we do with schools. And then we really hone in on the areas that they need additional help in. But here's what's interesting. 50%, if you think of happiness as a pie chart, your happiness as a pie chart, Mm -hmm. what we know is that 50% of your happiness is genetic. It comes from your mom or your dad or a mixture of both. And sometimes when I tell people this, I'm just telling you like, like 80% of the audience puts their head down and they're like, I'm so screwed. No, it's so sad. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like there's a genetic disposition to our brains and we were either born to a mom or a dad who's genetically predispositioned to always seeing a lot of positivity or being able to handle stress really well, like my husband, he can handle stress extremely well. It's almost as if it doesn't affect him. Where like one little stressful thing happens, and I break out in hives and I'm salivating from my mouth. You know, right. it's like yeah.
0: just different genetics. So this there. is this is the um, science then behind intergenerational trauma. Then I would assume as well, right? Why? You got it. Okay, got it. Sure. Yes, yes.
2: So 50% is genetic. Now here's where I think it gets really interesting. Only about 10% of our long term happiness comes from our external circumstances.
0: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't surprise so, me. <laughs> and unfortunately, because gosh, that Amazon guy showing up every day makes me so happy every day. Every I, day. Know, so happy. I know, but then you have to order again to be I happy know. again,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right.
2: And, you know, external circumstances are things like, um, are you married, single, divorced, or widowed? Do you live in a hundred thousand
0: square f- or a hundred thousand dollar home or two million dollars? <laughs> well, a hundred thousand square foot home would definitely be a few million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> At least yeah, yeah but it wouldn't make you much happier, believe and it or not. No, it wouldn't.
2: You know, but um, honestly, do you make seventy five thousand dollars a year or seven million? These are external circumstances you need to lose five pounds or do you need to lose 40 pounds that's an external circumstance but what we do is our brain says hey if I could just achieve that goal if I could just make more money if I could just get a better house if I could just lose 20 pounds um, I would be happy and what we know is that external circumstances only contribute about 10% of long-term happiness but all of us including me Jen Mm -hmm. I mean I'm looking right here at my vision board and on my vision board there's a beautiful lake house because guess what I truly believe I'm going to be more than 10% happier if I can get my lake house but the research says
0: I 100% agree with you because I have not made a vision board but if I had one a a water near a house is top of my list yeah right yeah
2: so you know, it puts things into perspective. COVID is an external circumstance. Now, mm-hmm. is COVID taking more than 10% of our happiness right now? You better believe it is. Mm-hmm. You better believe it is. But but long-term happiness. Eventually, if we're still letting COVID or if you're still letting a bad breakup or if you're still letting a divorce, if you're still letting that affect you, you know, two and three years down the road, I hate to say it, Jen, but that's on you. Like, you have to do the work to get yourself better, okay. you know? Yeah. So the part that has fired me up for the last 15 years is that regardless of our genetics and regardless of our external circumstances, every human being can increase their happiness levels by up to 40%. Wow.
0: Tell me how. Yeah. This is-
2: okay. <laughs> this is what your people want. They're like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I know. Okay. So it's made up of three things. Okay. Actions, behaviors, and thoughts. Okay. Now, there are 5 researched research-based Top five happiness habits. And I'm going to give your people all five of them, but I would like to go a little deep on one of them so they can really understand why they should apply this in their life and how it's going to be a game changer, not just in their life, but I also encourage them to do this in their classrooms. Are you ready for the five? I'm more than ready. I like have a pencil even. Okay, I'm ready here to we write go. Down. <laughs> so th- this is not like in any order, but one is the practice of gratitude, which I'll go into deeper in a minute. Yep. The second one is move your body. 30 minutes a day. You got to move your body 30 minutes a day. I don't care if you walk, run, jog, dance, Pilates, weights. I don't care what it is, but you got to move your body 30 minutes a day. Okay. The third one is going to be a meditation practice. Okay. And honestly, it can just be sitting in a chair and having a thousand thoughts like you will have and just breathing quietly for. Three to five minutes. It doesn't have to be this big thing. And I have some apps that I can recommend for that, as well as I know you do too, because apps really help me with meditation. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) I do too.
2: Yeah. And the fourth one is random acts of kindness. Oh, that's
0: so nice. Just little teeny
2: tiny things, like when I'm at Walmart which, of course, somebody like me with panic disorder still to this day really doesn't like going to Walmart, right? (laughs) But, like, if the checkout girl is, like, she's just super good. Like, she's just checking me out fast. I'm just, like, thank you so much. Like, you're so good at your job. And it just makes it, like... We both walk away feeling better, right? Yeah. It's smiling at someone. It's sending a text
0: to someone and saying, "Hey, I never tell you this, but I just love our friendship, and this is why." Oh, that's you know? Nice. Yeah. You know what we do? We we do random acts of kindness in my family. We so I, I don't know if you've ever been up to Canada, but we have Tim Hortons as our major chain, it's sort of like our Dunkin' Donuts, right? Um, or yeah. our star. It's sort of between Dunkin' Donuts and and Starbucks, I would say. And, and if you're going to rank, I don't know on what scale, um, but we always will pay for the order behind us in the car behind me yes. and my kids will be like, are we going to buy them
1: coffee? And some days, you know, it's a,
0: it's a lot of coffee we're buying and other days it's one, but I even notice my own children for the hours after that, the happiness that they see. And they're, they're little, right? Like they're, yeah. they're 11 and under. So.
2: So the research behind that Jen says that even though you make the other person who's on the receiving end happier, mm-hmm. that you as the giver get the biggest bang for your buck with that random mm-hmm. act of kindness.
0: It reminds yeah. me a lot of, um, of the how to fill your bucket book. Do you know that book? Yeah. yeah, So you can't, you can't be, you can't be a bucket filler unless your own bucket is full. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we have gratitude.
2: We have move your body. We have meditation. We have random acts of kindness. The fifth one is social connections. Okay. Which is hard right now. It is, it is, but it's like making time with like, I, one of the things I teach is how to have exceptional partnerships with your spouse or your partner, like making time for your partner, making time for friendships, knowing that you are more than a mother, you are more than a teacher, yeah. you are more than a father. Like you're allowed to, to have social relationships that fuel you outside of those. That roles. just like gave
0: me goosebumps. I like that one a lot.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. So I want to teach your audience. I'm going to walk them away with this one teeny tiny habit that I promise will change their life. It is, it is so powerful. Okay, so the reason gratitude works is that the average human being has about 70,000 thoughts a day. (laughs) I I, I think Uh I'm
0: like at 175,000, but okay. (laughs) Well, they do
2: say that if you're super stressed, Jen, you can have upwards of 120. Oh, darn it, what did (laughs) I just reveal? Oh, man. (laughs) Yes, so also, if you're an average human being, Eighty percent of those thoughts are negative in a day's Mm. time, which means that most of us are going around. And by the time we put our head on the pillow at night, we have had 56,000 negative
0: thoughts. That's
2: a lot of negativity. That's a lot. Most of them are happening in our subconscious mind. We're not even aware of them. okay? but they're affecting us, Mm -hmm. but we're not aware of them. So why do we think like this? Well, it actually goes all the way back to our K times back in archaic times we had this thing in our brain that we still have today called the amygdala yes and i love i love the neuroscience i study the neuroscience of the brain but the amygdala's number one job is to scan its environment 24 7 for anything negative harmful or dangerous Mm -hmm. because back then It's the number one way it kept people safe because there really would be a saber tooth tiger or would we be by a water source? Would there be a storm wipe us out? Would we have fire? Would we have shelter? Would there be predators? And so it, it kept us safe. The issue is it's 2021. And for the most part, most of us know we're gonna have food, shelter, water, you know, resources, we're gonna be safe. Most of us know that, but our amygdala still functions just like it did Thousands of years ago, it automatically scans for danger. So it makes me feel a little better. Like it's not, we can't take it personally. We're just made this way. Right. But here's what we know. If you write down three different things and the research says you have to put pen to paper. Okay. It it helps. It helps to put pen to paper. You write down three different things that you're thankful for every single day Mm -hmm. for, for 21 days you actually will create a new neural feedback loop in your brain. And so the way I describe that is the brain has thousands and thousands and thousands of roadways. And the roadways that are traveled the most, the circuitry that you say to yourself the most, like one of the things I know teachers are constantly saying to themselves is they feel tons of guilt. Like it's just never enough. It's never enough. And so I would guess that Teachers probably have eight or 10,000 thoughts a day that say it's just not enough. I feel bad. I'm not serving my family. I'm not being what I need to be to these kids, you know? So whatever roadway you travel the most becomes the most deeply ingrained, which then makes it even easier for your brain to travel down that road multiple times the next day. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about with the practice of gratitude is we actually create a new, new loop, a new neural feedback loop in your brain, which means your brain starts to scan throughout the day for more good than more wrong. Ah,
0: this, is, and this goes to CBT, right? The cognitive behavior. It does, yeah. it does,
2: yeah. And I just tell people like, you know, for years and years I heard about gratitude and I never did it. Oprah preached it to me for years. Yeah. But fi- finally, 10 years ago,
0: you know, I, love, I don't, do you guys have TJ Maxx's in Canada? We don't, but we I, I live close enough to the border anyway to know what oh, yeah, TJ Maxx yeah. is. And we, so we I, also have a house in Florida. So I, I am very oh, familiar okay. with TJ Maxx.
2: <laughs> yeah. So they have like three ninety nine dollars journals. I love them. They always have yeah. like an inspirational quote. And so all I do is I write the date down and then I write the words, I am thankful dot, dot, dot. And then... Number one, I'm thankful that the tulips are starting to come up. Oh. I'm thankful that I have a McDonald's diet Coke in front of me that I'm getting ready to drink. <laughs> I'm thankful that my house cleaner came yesterday and cleaned the house. Like we don't have to have big things. We don't have to, it, it can be the smallest of things, but he, I will tell you, I run a 90 day coaching program for women, Jen. Mm-hmm. And it's full of like, I think it's full of like, we, we take them through nine major pillars of being able to radically shift their life. And I'm just going to tell you that I deliver all this amazing content. And at the end, it's always the darn gratitude practice that they say is the number one thing that has changed their life.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. So,
2: So I did this in the classroom with my students. We started every day with 90 seconds of gratitude. We went around and every student said one thing they were grateful for. And at the end of the day, they got their gratitude journals out and they wrote three things they were thankful for.
0: This is very interesting. So I, um, I'm teaching a leadership course right now for to grade 11 students, and I have challenges for them that I've started this semester, um, just thinking about, I have them do a reflection on their leadership and themselves as people at the very end of the semester. And last semester, I found that they were a little bit shallow and I thought that you know, being a reflective practitioner, how can I make this deeper for my students so they have more to draw on and they really need to go back and see change throughout the, their time that we've been together. And so I found I have, uh, you know, a colleague who does these challenges, and she has eight of them. And I thought, Oh, these five are cool. And they very much align with unbeknownst to me with what you have. So their first one was create a vision board. Yes! Their, their next one is a little it's a step out of your comfort zone and like let's see how it feels to do that so I'm, I'm very curious to look ahead I've, I've only sort of scratched the surface because we're early in the semester to see how they actually align and I, I'm thinking you've convinced me a little bit here Kim that I might actually realign my challenges to these five pillars to this like gratitude movement for 30 minutes meditation yes! random acts of kindness and social connections because I think there's a lot of truth in a lot of them. And yeah, if, if, can I interrupt for one second and just share a couple of things that yes. I I'd, I'd found before we went because as you were talking I was looking at the notes that I created and I was like check check check. I'm like there's yeah, this is what it is. Like you have I sort of felt like I was, you know, putting links onto a page without even realizing how well they'd align with what you've said. So I want to share a couple things. First of all, I found this really great breathing um, app, or not app. It's like a website. It's called. It's from Grit X, which I've come to learn is from the University of California, San Francisco. I I have some issues with the word grit, with a lot of the um, anti-racism learning that I've been doing, and how we look at grit and how it it might actually um, be a thing that we we look at that you know, oh, if you if you just you know if you just persevere and you just have the grit, you'll be fine. And Ray Duckworth's um, theories might might not hold true across racial groups because, you know, we all have, like you said, those different baselines. But aside from that, I digress. Um, this GritX breathing site, if you go to it, you you open it up and it's it's beautiful and and it says okay select your background so you you pick a background that looks really cool and then you say okay pick your audio and then pick your pace so I'm thinking when I'm doing that you know that meditation that third pillar you were talking about what a great way to do that to be able to ground ourselves like just open this either on your phone open this on your um, on your computer in the middle of your day when you're feeling stressed and just take those three minutes to just sit and breathe like if you don't want a full fledged if you're not like. I'm really intense and I feel like I've tried to meditate and I'm, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer to being able to do it, but I've never been able to. But for me, where my baseline was, OK, let's start with just something pretty to look at and just recognize that I'm breathing and have that quiet music. I think there's there's something to be said. So that's grit X forward slash breathing. And course, that okay. counts. That counts as meditation. Just so you know. Yeah. We overthink meditation. That counts. That's that's good. That makes me feel better. Um, So then I will go on to another one. I I don't know about in the States, but I know here in Canada, um, Headspace, the app, which is a paid app, except teachers. Headspace is free for teachers, except okay. Headspace for the love. Headspace. I put in my district. I put in my school and I keep getting denied. It's saying that we're not a real school. So I've got to look into that a little bit. I've got to dive deeper, but check it out. I think this might be an anomaly for for my for i i have no idea i'm gonna look it up but they you can get headspace for free and right now in canada i'm not sure in the states um you can there's actually a netflix special and they're 20 minute episodes and it's headspace and it's andy from headspace talking you through he does 10 minutes of explaining the science behind and then a 10 minute guided meditation and i've been doing this with my youngest son who's like he be really like he's got a lot of energy like me and he comes he'll come in and he'll be like mama can we watch some headspace And he's eight and a half and we lie down. Like I, my, my basement is now my office and we have a bedroom down there. So there's a bed and we both lie down and I have my big monitor. So we put, you know, um, Netflix up on that and we sit and we learn about why it's important to, um, to be really, to be present, to be, and for him, we watched one that was all about, um, feeling the sun on your body was the idea. Like just, this is a guided meditation. Feel the heat from the top of your body, right down through to your toes and they said oh this will help you sleep and he's always been sort of a restless guy to fall asleep and that night he tried it and he came in the next morning he goes mama that sunshine thing made me fall asleep and he's been doing it I think on a conscious or subconscious level since and I'm telling you he is a better sleeper and it's one teeny thing that I would have laughed at and people are probably all right Jen but no he was a good sleeper it's not like you're going to take like my oldest my terrible sleeper and work with him but for kids who might have trouble settling their brain a little bit I would definitely check out headspace on netflix watch it with them like i said really short 20 minutes not a big commitment um i know that we often near the end of dinner one of my kids takes forever to eat so we'll turn on the tv right at the end of dinner and start watching something and like in hopes to like speed him up a little bit um but i I definitely think it's something that that could help i love 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 those two so that's what i sort of thought of when you started talking about meditation i see you pulling things up too do you want you have a share for us what else can we go to for well
2: i was i was just gonna tell you that um we have in, in, I already shared it with you in the, um, in your little document but the yeah. gratitude prompt and tracker yeah so we have this free gratitude and prompt tracker that you can use yourself personally or with your students and basically it gives you a little bit of the research behind gratitude but then it gives them five different prompts to where they can start looking for gratitude in their life or you can okay. and then there's a 21 day tracker so you just have to print it off if you want and you can just write your three things down every day to track your progress towards gratitude I love that you just and you then, just planned a
0: lesson for me Kim you just planned my next challenge for my yeah, grade 11s well can <laughs> I
2: I wanted to tell you. So one of the things that COVID did for me is I've always wanted to implement a social and emotional well being happiness curriculum into schools, I feel so strongly that our kids need that they need to learn how to be good at life. We, we you know, it's not just about academics, you know, mm-hmm. we know from the research that IQ um, has four to 10% to do with a person's career success, but yeah. we're not teaching kids how to be good at relationships oh, and social amen. connections. And amen. So what I was allowed to do because I had the time is I created something for teachers called the happiness lab. And the happiness lab is 25 ready made social and emotional lessons for grades K through five, and 25 social and emotional ready lessons for grades six through 12. And so like, it's either me or one of my teachers like teaching the video, but we also have the downloadable PDF um, lesson plan so that you can teach it. And every lesson comes with some meat to it. And so uh, of those 50 lessons we, we give away, I think it's like nine of them are free. That's awesome. And so... I'm going to give you the link for that because that might also help you all get started with doing some of these things with your students. So I'll put that link in here for you and you can add that as well to your.
0: Awesome. I would, I would love that. I actually, as you did it, I, I started looking at your, um, your website and yep, that's what I found. I found it. I was there as you were talking. Cause I think that's so great that that's what we need as teachers right now, right? Like we're, we're struggling to keep up. We have all this perhaps extra time, time to fill online. So how can I do this? And I, Again, I think COVID that has there is silver lining with it. I think a lot of us have really been reflective. We've looked at our practice. How can we do things differently? What is important? And and things like this where we can go out and find lessons that maybe weren't a priority before, but we're realizing now, especially how important they are and going to, moving forward, continue to see that importance beyond the pandemic, you know, when it does end, I think is is just absolutely yeah. fabulous.
2: Well, and I just have to tell you, Jen, not, I just have to plug this because I am so strongly passionate about this. I thought, you know what? Our teachers need Like, so I created a 10 month coaching program for districts and I've had schools that I've walked through the last several months and every month has a different theme. So like month one was practicing self care, you know, month two was creating exceptional relationships because I think that we really have to start supporting our teachers. We cannot let them just continue to be on this
0: um, hamster wheel of just total Burnout. It's yeah. really affecting. And them. how often are we saying, "Oh, make sure your students are well. Make sure your students are well. Make sure your students are well." And then there's this um, lip service around, "Oh, but I hope you're okay too." but, yeah, but make right. sure you drive in on that snow day, and you t- you have to teach from not- school. Well, the students are and learning at line. Get those papers graded like, and oh, turn that stuff goodness, in on time. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, that's a yes. soapbox we don't we don't need to get on. But that's fantastic. Thank you for that. So You're I have welcome. I have a couple of other ones here that go around. I, I have I I found this really cool extension. There's tons of them. But this is one I I literally just downloaded. I waited until we were together, and it was about gratitude. And it is called. I just want to make sure I get it right. It's a Chrome extension. You add it. It's called Gratitude Flow Happiness Dashboard. So when you first sign up, I'm, I'm going in for the very first time and I, it says, hello, what's your name? So I'm going to type in here. I'm going to say Jen. I know I spelled it wrong. I spelled it with a capital E. I do that. Do you hold the shift key down long sometimes and get two capital yeah. letters at the beginning all the time? And it says, what are you thankful for today? And I have to type every day when a new tab, it, it becomes your new tab, you type it. And At the bottom underneath, it says like good books, good friends from love with North Carolina one day ago. So it not only shares what I'm thankful for, but it shows me what other people are thankful for with a beautiful image behind it. And what a beautiful way to to start your day. So I'm going to say my chat with Kim is going to be what I am sharing. and It gives me the option to share or not. I can have a little check mark. And so I hit enter and it says my chat with Kim. Yay, beautiful. Oh, look, it gamifies it. I have a little streak. And then it gives me a quote. Gratitude works works its magic by serving an antidote to negative emotions. It's like white blood cell for the soul, protecting us from cynicism, entitlement, anger, and resignation from Arianna Huffington. Isn't that beautiful? And then it gives us help. Oh, so yeah. there's, I, I love it that I've set it up and I'm like, Oh, so every day I'm going to be forced to practice that because we're opening new tabs constantly. So I'll put a link to that one uh, in, in the show notes. And for me, I, I do believe in the power of journaling and I do believe in the power of that gratitude, but I don't always think I take that. I'm very good at telling people when I'm thankful for them and that, but like being that reflective every day, I I definitely think I can work on. So I'm going to keep this here. And I'm going to think of you every time I use it, Kim.
2: Yes. And I want to say that, you know, I do my gratitude really well Monday through Friday, because it just fits perfect with my routine. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, oh, I get a little lazy and it's okay. I just
0: pick it back up on Monday. Yeah. So I don't want people to feel like they have to be perfect at it. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good point. It sort of sounds like me with wine. I'm really good at not drinking it Monday to, to Thursday and then I'm not so good Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> um, but the, I love that you said that too, not to be perfect with it. I remember um, once uh, talking to a therapist and, and saying, because I've gone in for therapy on and off throughout my life, I think it's as important as as having, you know, like looking into your well-being is important. If you have like, I I, developed this weird ganglion cyst for real. Like last week I realized, and I went to the doctor immediately, but if we're feeling down, we don't feel the need to go to the doctor immediately with our mental health. And I I think we, that's a a stigma that still exists that I'd love to see. So I was talking to a therapist a number of years ago and she said, she was talking about perfectionism and, and to make a long story short, she basically said, she goes, perfect is a four letter word. And the idea that it should be a curse word, like it is not a thing we hold ourselves, especially women, especially mothers, to this highest high like regard or esteem or expectations, and it's a terrible word. So, but yeah. letting it go. Here's
2: is what I say to that. My mm-hmm. my quote with that is perfectionism
0: is the lowest standard you can hold yourself to. Oh, I love that. Perfectionism is the lowest standard you can hold yourself to. I'm I might sketch note that um that's that yeah holy cow you just sort of like knocked the wind out of my sails in a good way like to slow me down like to give pause that was really beautiful yes yes that's, yeah it's hard it's it's hard not to be though right when we have social media and we have all these external factors and we want to be a certain way and so my advice for that is like try to change your analytics if you're only watching moms who are doing really great things and and making these beautiful plates of food for their kids and that's not your reality then like unfollow man like I know that's beautiful but you can hit that unfollow button it's okay or mute them and come back to them when you're in a better place like go and watch the mom who's drinking wine you know while her kids are destroying the bathroom watch that mom she's my mom (laughs) I'm not like my actual mom but you know I
2: hear you my the name of my podcast you know is called she finds joy and I have this whole episode where it's all about like how we say yes to crap we don't want to do yeah um, and we need to start saying no and I share that whole like uh, this scenario with my son and, like it, it was his their junior prom and the junior parents were in charge and I I'm not gonna go into it but long story short like I'm just I'm not that kind of mom and I don't want to be that kind of mom and I I finally learned it's okay. I don't have to be like this mom over here who's doing the cookie baking and the cupcake baking because I would freaking hate that, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I read a quote on Twitter uh, a number of months ago and it, it hit me so profoundly that I, I did. I paused and I sketched and it was by Matt Haig, who is the author of The Midnight Library, which is the book that you and I were talking about before we went on air, which was a weird like coincidence when I found out. And it was like five words or five like. It was words to live by in five ideas. And he says, don't take criticism from people. You wouldn't ask advice. He says, uh, don't risk your mental health out of sheer politeness. Don't say yes when you mean no don't let your past mistakes define you and don't let someone else's bad opinion of you become your opinion of you and all of them like I, I printed I did it I like I sketched it I printed it I have it hanging in various places in my life it's in my office in my bedroom it's at my my like home office it's at school and I, I think they're all really powerful that sort of positive self-talk is so I love that fabulous yeah it's really good I'll I can I can share it with you all I'll yeah. you. Well, and I'm going to read that book for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's So it's supposed to be awesome. Okay, so before we go, because I'm I'm recognizing the time and I could talk to you for days because I do feel so full of joy right now. Funny that, but that's what you do. And that's how I feel. I have a few things about the, um, about the movement. So like move for 30 minutes. I think some people might find that difficult because they have, you know, I have little kids or I have a long commute or I have this and I'm tired at the end of the day. And so I have some Chrome extensions and some, um other programs that might be helpful. So I something came across this morning in Twitter that I was like, oh this is perfect. It's cardio desk drumming. There's there's this phys ed teacher. He he's Kent Hamilton. He's at Mr. Hamilton PE on Twitter and I'll link it in the show notes. Um, it was actually uh, I, I don't even remember who t- retweeted it that I found it. But he stands, he films himself and he takes popular music. So he has like We Will Rock You by Queen and he takes cut down pool noodles And he stands. He goes, okay, let's go, everyone. And he starts like drumming to the beats, like up in the air on the desks. And he wants students to follow him. So and they're three minutes long. So what's to stop you from doing that? Like right after, you know, the crazy or right before recess to get them all excited to go outside to do that with our students. And it's a whole I I think he has like eight or nine videos. Let me check to be sure. He has songs and popular songs. Some older. Um, Some newer, like I said, Queens, We Will Rock You, um, Believer, Old Town Road, Uptown Funk, All I Want for Christmas Is You, which I thought was hilarious, Shake It Off, um, Can't Feel My Face, Blinding Lights, Timber, and Dance Monkey. So there's 10 different videos. They all range uh, 3 minutes, 20 seconds, down to 2 minutes, 22 seconds. And I just think, wow, isn't this fun? And then imagine then empowering your students to be like, okay, now it's your turn to create a little routine. And they could come up to the front and they could lead the class in a great song and it's like, it's so, I I just loved it. I was like, I actually want to do this this afternoon with my kids. And if you don't have pool noodles, fine. Maybe their pencils could do it or, you know, just even their hands. Although I can just imagine that how loud it would get. And I'm not good with noise sometimes, but, um, but I have
2: to share with you, Jen, one thing, when you're talking about that, my cousin, who is this like nutritionist and she's amazing she just shared with me last week, because she was like, I'm like, okay, because, you know, I run 40 miles a week. I'm this crazy runner. Yeah. And she's like, but, Kim, you really need to start doing some strength training. And I'm like, Cassie, I can't. Like, I'm already running all these. And she's like, Kim, there's the seven-minute strength-building video, and you literally don't need anything to do it. So I just put that in the I chat for here. you, Jen. That's amazing. Seven-minute strength-building building video, we can do, do it three that. times a week, right? We can
0: we can do that, we could do seven minutes of strength building. Okay, so the other one, you're sitting at your computer for a long time. I've used this app, my old team, we used to use it, or sorry, the extension, it's called Move It. And you set it, you could say like, you wanna move every 10 minutes, 20 minutes, I think it was up to 50 or 55 minutes. And it literally takes over your screen and makes you do something for like 10 or 15 seconds. It might be like wall sit for 20 seconds, stand up and um, do toe touches side to side for 15 times and you do it and we used to have it as a team we'd be like oh got it one of us would start it because you can turn it on and off right because sometimes you're not in a place where you can actually just start moving it um and we'd be like oh just got to move it and we'd all stand up we'd pause whatever we were doing and we would take that 20 30 seconds for our mental well-being and so it's team building it's wellness it's prioritizing movement and it, it really did make us feel better because it was sort of like oh, okay well yeah shake that off and let's go and we made it a priority I loved that. Um, I, there's another one called stretch clock, which just reminds you because we're sitting so much and like, I'm noticing my upper back is so tense. And I'm like, I'm having shoulder issues now that I've never had. And I'm like, it's because of ergonomically, I'm not, I'm not being very aware. And so there's a stretch clock that will tell you, okay, take a, take, I forget how many seconds, I think it's 20 seconds to stretch. And they'll even say, do you want to watch a video with a guided stretch through it? So if you don't, if you want to, you know, have some guidance instead of like, oh, how should I stretch? Or if you are afraid that you're going to maybe you know, not to do it when you should, it holds you a bit accountable. Um, And another one that I had that I found is called Netflix, Netflix, not Netflix, but Netflix. And it triggers if you are on your computer watching Netflix so that you don't just sit and watch it. It gives you in the bottom right-hand corner, there's this little like avatar who does a little workout. So it's like jumping jacks. And as you watch Netflix in the corner, here's this little avatar personal trainer guiding you through a little workout while maybe you watch your favorite show. So you're working out, you're not leaving the screen and, and missing it, but you're seeing it all built in right there. And, I, and I've and i tried it and it's like, this is actually really cute. I do a lot of Netflix watching on my treadmill. I have a lot of treadmill PD. Um, but I thought it was so cute and I did it once. And I, I was watching another time to something really quick. In fact, we had Headspace on and my son's like, what's that? And he started working out while we, and he's, again, he's eight and a half. He started working out while we watched. So that's called Netflix. If you're a big Netflix watcher and you want to uh, give something a go, I thought that one was really, really cool as well. Um, I have another one here called Boost. For That's more for your eyes, which we didn't get to, but on the screen, that's that 20-20-20 rule. Um, the idea of, you know, if you're going to stare at the screen for so long, every 20 minutes, you should look away. 20 meters away for 20 seconds and it it triggers you to do that. You look away and it beeps. I love it when I'm in meetings that are really long online because I just hear the beep and I look away and people think you're looking at a different like something in the room or like we're not needing to be right on camera anymore because of, you know, how, how we've been living for the last year. And then it just beeps. And then you look back at the camera and, and you're involved again. And then I have another one for a water reminder because another thing I'm really finding that you didn't mention is the idea of oh, we're so dehydrated without even realizing it. And if we can just intake our water, I think it'll curb a lot of our eating. That's I know one thing that I find if I'm ever trying to lose wait or watch it and I'm snacking a lot I make sure that I have a big glass of water first because I remember hearing years ago from a nutritionist that if you're hungry if you think you're hungry chances are you're actually thirsty so start with a drink and I don't mean like a like a good like Friday afternoon drink I mean like a water drink (laughs) before you go and you you know inhale that piece of cake or cookie or bag of nachos like I like to do. I like nachos a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, those are great. Yeah, I'm going to actually grab some of those and
0: and add them over to my list. That's fantastic. Good research. Yeah, I I just thought like, okay, well, where can we go with well-being and happiness? And and that's where I went. I think I got them all here. Uh, The only other one that I would mention is I have one in here from Nate Ridgeway. And uh, Nate was another former uh, guest on Ditch Summit, actually. And he tweeted out and tagged me on it. And it was created by a colleague of his. And it's a self-care survey. And you have students or staff do it, and it's a a pre-formatted Google Sheet. And you say on a scale of one to five, how much are you prioritizing these? Are you doing it never? Are you doing it always? So there's things like exercising, uh, resting when you're unwell, practicing gratitude is on the list. And then it will automatically um, give you a score for your emotional uh, emotional self-care, physical self-care, social self-care, school self-care, spiritual self-care. And then it'll give you a percentage for each. And then you can look and be like, oh, this seems to be an area that I'm lacking. And there's also links in there then to how you can um, conquer the challenges of having deficit areas. So if you're realizing that you're not really doing a lot of social self-care, here are some links that might help you be better in that area so you can be more holistically well, which I thought was really lovely. And again, that sort of universe coming together serendipitously that, that landed in my Twitter as tagged me yesterday when I was doing research for this. So someone, someone's listening and I, it's not just Google and and Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So, okay. That's, those are my shares. Do you have any final thoughts for things? This has been so lovely, Kim. I'm so glad that you reached out and I'm so glad we could make this happen. Thank you. Here's my gratitude. Thank you so much for, for doing what you do. And for sharing this positivity and not toxic positivity, but like really realistic, um, positive, very easy things that we can do to feel a little bit better, especially now approaching that, you know, dreaded anniversary that of our, our two week lockdown. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, you know, there's, um, I like I said, I have the podcast, she finds joy. And then I have a free Facebook group, um, where I show up and do a lot of these little happiness mini trainings. And it's just a really good place where we, we do tons of inspiration, but we also do 100% real talk. So we talk about struggles and we talk about overcoming them and we talk about bringing more joy to our life. And it's the same name as my podcast. It's called She Finds Joy. Anybody can join the group. Um, And I would just really leave with saying this to your listeners. I think that one of the things that we need to start doing is giving ourselves some grace It's just really easy to extend kindness and love and compassion to everybody else in our life. And we sometimes do not feel worthy of extending that to ourselves. And I literally had a sticky note for a long time that just was by my computer that
0: just said, give yourself some grace, girl, you know, I, you know what, Kim, my one word for 2021 that I sketched out, not a word of a lie is grace. Oh my gosh. I think the universe is working its magic with the two of us right now. I think you're right. It's kind of creepy. It is. I, I have this beautiful like, sketch that I did that just says grace in the middle and it's like purple around it. And I just one day sat and, and I said, that's what I do. And when I find myself getting into my head, I say, hey, let's just, and, and grace for ourselves, grace for others, grace for what we're, what we're surviving. Cause that's what we're doing. I think that's, that's wonderful. I have links to everything Kim in the show notes here. I have your Twitter, I have your Instagram, I have your Facebook, I have your podcast, I have LinkedIn, I have YouTube, I have your website. Are you on Clubhouse yet? Have you have you dove into Clubhouse? Oh my gosh, I am like, I'm in there and I have not done one thing because I'm so
2: overwhelmed right now with social media that I'm just, yeah. I don't know if it's the right or wrong answer. I'm just not going there nope,
0: right don't, now. Don't go. That's fine. I recently dove in just to like do a little bit of lurking. I've made some cool connections. I've also got kind of addicted to TikTok, but because it brings me joy, it makes me laugh every yeah. day. I watch some TikTok. Yeah, like, I, I follow cat videos and stuff. It's, you know, it works for me. <laughs> um, and then every now and then I, I put a little funny, just silly TikTok. I'm, I'm dabbling with it, but it's, it's fun. So there. Okay. So every way you want to get in touch with Kim, be it for your professional life, be it for your students, be it for you together, be it for personal life is all there. Kim, this has been wonderful. Thank you so, so much for joining me uh, this Saturday afternoon. I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Uh, Listeners, there's been a lot here. If you have an aha of how to make yourself happier, of how to put yourself in a place of better wellness, it's not our traditional show, but I hope you've um, found some joy in this and found that aha that you really want to give a go so that you can find the happiness that you so rightfully deserve. Kim, thank you.
1: Yeah, Thank you. It's my honor. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S H U K E S A N D G I F F.com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid, or by tweeting at us, sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Palaszuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, uh-huh. give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.